Welcome to Emotional Support Water Bottle with Hannah and Ailish. I'm Hannah. <laughs> I think. And I'm Ailish. <laughs> this is our 50th episode. Oh, we should have done something. <laughs> well, we are now. That's a lot. I didn't of even realize. Yeah, I know. Right. I mean, we've been doing it for almost a year. Like, we're getting close to a year. Dang. I know. So, just if anybody wants to, like, celebrate our year anniversary, it's March 1st. So, just throwing nice. that out to everybody out here. <laughs> we will do some revamping. Yeah, some new things will be on the horizon. We um haven't fully figured out exactly how that'll go yet, but we still have a month to figure it out. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, obviously, this is the week we've all been waiting for. Vanderpump Rules is back. We had a huge Nick Vial episode be released. And I know we've said that we are not going to be listening to that podcast anymore. But when Sandoval and Schwartz are on, it's really hard for us not to listen. I know. And like um, Sandoval hasn't really even, I mean, he has his podcast that I haven't listened to, but he hasn't really done any interviews. So it was still kind of a big deal for that too. Yeah. I haven't listened to like any of his podcast either besides the small clips <clears throat> that I've seen. And Sandoval was just as cringy as you would expect. Do you feel, I mean, I don't want to be like accusatory in any way, but I felt like he either um had gone out the night before and was mm -hmm. like, still under the influence of something because he really seemed like just really like elevated in emotion yeah, right and an extremely defensive and like yeah it was I know he was like ready to fight as soon as he got in there right and I thought like the the podcast just as a whole started out really weird. Like I didn't really feel like there was a reason why we had to have that whole intro part where it was like, Oh, where's Tom? Is he going to show up? Yeah. yeah. Like, and I saw um, like Riley from turtle time was talking about it on his TikTok, And he's like, I just, I'm sure that this kind of stuff happens to other podcasters and is it professional? No. Is it annoying? Yes. But like, like we all already don't really love Tom Sandoval. So why did you have to like do this to kind of throw him under the bus even more? Right. And like the arguing was so cringy too, like about him being late and like the yeah. phone calls they were making. Yeah. And <laughs> even like, yes. And then even like, I think that they could have just said, like, done the the intro stuff with just Schwartz because they did talk about right. like 
and just say like, we're waiting on Sandoval. He's coming, but we wanted to get started. And then when he arrives, just be like, oh, you know, now he's here and we can really get into the nitty gritty or whatever. Right. And even like the whole part where uh, Sandoval's like, well, Nick, you were late to my podcast. And well, let me look at the text. Like, I I just feel like that could have been edited out. I know it was so awkward. Like I was just the secondhand embarrassment was so icky. Like I almost... It was almost hard to listen to. Like I could never re-listen to any of those clips because it was so cringe. I know. (laughs) Like so many parts were painful. Yes. (laughs) I just felt like, you know, with some of the stuff, like it's not that I think Nick needed to do Sandoval any favors by any means, but at the same time, like, he didn't need to like include some of this stuff that's just literally, you know, black marks on him, him as a person. Like, I just felt like that was unnecessary. Like, does Nick actually hate him? (laughs) Like that's kind of what it it felt like. like And then this whole, you know, before this, he's like, I saw a different side of Sandoval. I saw a different side of Sandoval. And then he was ready to like scold him. I I know it was, it was just really weird. And yeah, it was that whole exchange just felt really uncomfortable. And then it's kind of rude anyway, like as a friend, a host, anything to like, if somebody's late to continuously like call them out for being late. And he just like kept doing it. And it was just like, okay, man, like, why don't you let it go now? Like, move right. on. Right. And I had texted you while I was listening, like, just, I'm so, like, I walk such a, such a fine line with, like, being a Schwartz defender while also realizing that he has this, like, learned helplessness But, like, Mm -hmm. I really felt bad for him in this situation because there were so many times, and I can imagine if we watched this video, we would see it, like, on his face, where he's just, like, trying to backpedal what Sandoval's saying and make it not, like, be so horrible and land so badly. And it's just, (laughs) like, damn, like, oh, my God. That must have just been such an awkward position for him to be in, too. I know, and, like, even in the beginning when Sandoval was late and Nick is, like, you know, like, blah, blah, like, he was trying to make Schwartz be, like, why is he late, basically. Yeah. Schwartz doesn't control him. And then he kept doing that, too. He's, like, why do you defend him so much? Why do you like Sandoval so much? It's, like, because it's his friend. At the end of the day, I mean, I what I took from that podcast was, I mean, they – really do care about each other Tom and Tom in their own bizarre ways but that's like a really close friendship yeah I mean I was thinking about it from like even with Jax when Nick brought up why are you friends with Jax to Schwartz it's like think about all the stuff they've been through together and when you've been 
like with people or you lived with people and you've experienced like such pivotal times of your life together, it's like, that's, it's hard to not keep that friendship, even if somebody does something really egregious or hurtful. So I thought it was unfair of him to like, call him out on it and really question that it's like who even are you to question his loyalties right and it's like as viewers we only see them and their friendships and their dynamics like two or for like two months of a year yeah no so it's like you're not seeing all the other times and the times before they were famous too Right, because they even lived together and worked together before Vanderpump Rules even started. So it's like they have so many experiences that we haven't seen on television. And it's and also Nick has only watched what season like one and two or one through three. Yeah. So please just stop. I know. And again, that was like. 10, 11 years ago. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they've all changed and stuff. <laughs> yes, I mean, some of them clearly haven't. No. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's. I mean, know. overall, though, like just speaking on Tom Schwartz, like I thought when he wasn't just trying to to kind of translate for Tom, he. I really liked some of the stuff that he said and I felt like he tried to keep the conversation going when things were kind of getting a little dicey. And like, I think he did answer pretty honestly about, you know, his own personal life and stuff. And I just, I definitely have like a soft spot for him just because he's just that like charismatic, like Midwest guy that you just like can't help but love. But then you think about like, damn, like, no, he really like, you know, in some ways he hasn't grown or just how he treated Katie last season was not cool at all. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, he does some crappy things to people too but i just i liked even how like that one portion where nick was kind of coming at him a little bit and Schwartz was like well i feel like this is just really unfair questioning right like it was it was nice to hear somebody like go against what nick was saying too right and i feel like nick doesn't go at people like that And so it was a little like, why are you attacking me in that way? (laughs) Yeah, it felt like he he clearly felt that he had the upper hand in this interview. And like he felt like I'm up here. Both of you guys are down here. Like that's how it felt to me. Right. How a lot of his interviews. I did like what he I did think he shined a little. I don't know. When he said, like, you know, Sandoval, you just get really defensive in public and stuff. And he's like, but no, really, we have had good conversations and stuff. So hopefully that's actually true. That's why it's so frustrating that we didn't get to see that on Special Forces. I know. Like, And maybe at that time, he, I don't know. 
But, and then it was like when Nick kind of came at him so hard, it was like we weren't ever going to get there with him. No, because he immediately just went on the defensive. Right. It was, um, I mean, to quote Sandoval, even though he was talking about Ariana, uh, this interview was not a good look for him. Right. <laughs> like, he just... <laughs> It did not put him in a good light, in my opinion. Like, he just came off very defensive the whole time. And, like, he really – the same thing that we had before, and Schwartz even said, where it's like he will apologize, but then add that. But, you know, it's like yeah. he still just can't say flat out. He always has to have some type of excuse behind stuff. I know. And then he did come at like Ariana again. Like it just mm -hmm. felt like there still wasn't any like remorse. And the only thing that was actually bothering him was the hate he was getting. Yeah. I thought the stuff about the house too was just kind of delusional. Like he kept saying, like trying to give examples of when other people have separated or got divorces. Yeah, and it's like, well, who cares? That's not a written rule. <laughs> I know. It's like, well, when these three examples of divorces happen, the, someone always got the house. And it's like, yeah, but there are probably kids involved in that. And it made sense that the kids needed somewhere to stay. Yeah. And if it's, <clears throat> if you as a couple decide, oh, this person can keep the house then that's right. your decision. But if you're, right. if you can't come to a, a, a mutual agreement of like who should keep the house or what should be done, then the logical thing is that you're selling the house and you're right. splitting the profit or whatever. And I really, I was like really confused when he said what, I can't remember the number three point, whatever million that he offered. 3.1 million. Like, and I was like, that's a, I know I was thinking about that. I'm like, that doesn't even make any sense. And I don't even know how, because if he offered her 3.1 million, he would still have to, it's like, it didn't make any sense. It's like, but you're no. still paying on the house. I don't know. I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Like none of I that know. made any sense. I don't know if like, we weren't understanding right or the he didn't logistics. explain it right yeah right. but even he said like they bought it for like two point whatever but then so why would you even like buying her out for well over market value you know, like, like starting over completely paying on this house like i don't you know and like i get why he wanted to keep the house but it's like yeah. it's, i don't know i don't i think um nick was kind of good in saying because she's like oh she's being petty and then he's like don't you think she has the right to be petty yeah i mean he <laughs> like, yeah but i saw the house <laughs> and like of course like you know if you put work into the house like mm -hmm. it's easier to also stay in the house right mm -hmm. so of course you're gonna want to keep the house and mm -hmm. but like sorry that's not an option for you right <laughs> like like she's saying no <laughs> yeah 
and yeah, she does have a right to be petty. Like her, her future was drastically changed because of something that you did and you have to take accountability for your role in that. And unfortunately that means you guys have to sell the house. Right. And then like, not to bring it, you know, we're going to kind of talk about the episode separately, but I watched the after show, which Mm -hmm. was on Peacock. I just watched it before we jumped on here, but, and he was saying like, you know, like I couldn't afford to move out somewhere else. So how could you afford to buy her out then? Like, I guess I'm, so confused by that whole thing right and what's he trying to be like well because then i'd have to pay rent and an apartment and the mortgage it's like well yeah (laughs) i guess it would have to be like that (laughs) yeah like yeah that kind of sucks but you know so does uh, like 10 year long relationship being ended but in that way yeah. Um, what are some of the other highlights? I mean, I, There's I so do, much arguing that. Oh, <laughs> it was almost hard to even like sort through if you Bad have any stuff. notes. It's like mm-hmm. crazy. I do think that Tom really was like in, in love, if you want to say it, that or his version of love infatuation with Rachel. Like, I really I know, think I he had the blinders on. Yeah, I really do think that he thought they were going to have something. I would like to actually hear him talk about that. Because I think if he went and actually talked about that, we could have, like, a little more maybe sympathy or empathy for him. Yeah. And I think it would come off better than this, well, Ariana, blah, blah, blah. She berated me and belittled me and... Like that, that's just not like at this point, even if she did that, it's like, right. But you're still making an excuse for your actions. Right. Just own your actions. Like, right. There's no point in making excuses anymore. I know. And it's like, he can't, it's like, he's got to try something different. And I think maybe talking about how much he loved Rachel would be maybe a better way to go route yeah I and I think like I know what Nick was trying to do with like kind of being a little confrontational with him and asking the hard hitting questions right but it's almost like with him you kind of had to put the the kid gloves on and go at it from a really like soft perspective and almost be like no like I I'm here to listen to you like I want to know your perspective to to kind of like boost his ego make him feel safe and then he would talk about more right yeah it's like just the way they came into it it wasn't gonna go that direction no I mean it was off the rails from the very beginning yes and then it was weird too with them they were talking about their trip to where did they go thailand right yes yeah and the tiger thing and shorts is like look you know we were not aware of 
how egregious this is and how horrible these animals are treated. But I think it brought like some good awareness to this horrible thing. And then Sandoval's like, whoa, whoa, what do you mean? <laughs> and he was probably he was like, yeah. He's like, this place was beautiful. It's like, like, no, everything was fine. Oh. People were only worried that I was by the animal. Yeah. I'm like, I think you missed, I think you missed the yeah. point. <laughs> he just wasn't like, getting it. I feel like he didn't hear anything about that controversy. <laughs> and he genuinely thought people were upset that he could have gotten attacked. And Schwartz is just like, oh, no, man. No, no. <laughs> like, he's so just like, like, he's just got to be, like, he is such a Tom Sandoval apologist, but, like, I think he really is in a difficult position because not only being friends for as long as they have, but they are in business together. And it's like, right? do you completely blow up the business relationship, too? Because if the friendship right. isn't really there the business relationship is also going to suffer. Right. Right. <laughs> I know. So it's, he's in such a weird position. I did think it was interesting now that he said Sandoval's kind of taking a step back from Thomas yeah. or Schwartz and Sandy's. Right. And, but that he was still financially involved. Yeah. So that was interesting. I wish Nick would have asked about the Rachel and Schwartz makeout thing. Especially yeah. after she said that her and Sandoval were hooking up when everyone when they were all in Mexico and stuff. And I kinda wish mm -hmm. he would have like asked about that in like a what like the friendship part of it. Like what were you like your friendship sorry. I'm sick, everybody. I'm doing my best thinking. But like just You're like making sense. Of, okay. <laughs> of like defending that or like being involved with that. And I wish they would have like gotten to that dynamic because I was like, I just don't know if we would like. That just seems crazy to do for somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I know. It I know. And especially since she said, like, no, Schwartz knew the, pretty much the whole time. Right. So, like, is, I mean, I don't, I think we've kind of gone back and forth, too, where, like, we thought that he knew longer than they said, but right. that he didn't know the whole time. I guess I can totally see it going both ways. But when, right. if you think about it, that, like, he knew the whole time how big of a player was he in that game then? And what right. were the conversations? Yeah. With the whole Schwartz and Rachel, like kiss, like did they all come together and plot this? Right. Like, like I just still feel like that's like never been addressed or answered yet. It's like, yeah. Why? And then it's just like, so she's making out with your best friend and then you're going and hooking up with her several times. It's, that's just like, what? <laughs> I'm just mind blown. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I don't think I could ever do. <laughs> like, it's weird. It's that's just so, so weird. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's almost yeah. just completely nonsensical. Like, why did that need to happen? I know. <laughs> so weird. But, but and do, do you have any other, like, points from the interview? I feel like it was just so hard to even... I know. I feel like, not, I guess just overall, I don't think anything good came out of it. No. And I I think as much as I don't want to, I am going to listen to um, the Vile Files tomorrow, which is Thursday, to hear oh, yeah, what, what they say. Well, I wanted oh, 100% want about, yeah, but because they said like, yes. And I want to know, yeah, like, how'd they end things? Like, are they never talking <laughs> to all again? Like, because uh, it wasn't really clear, right? <laughs> oh man. Anyway, well, should we get into the episode? Sure. Well, I kind of, I didn't write like a ton of notes because it wasn't like like a a jam packed. No, it was just kind of like, oh, this is what's new. Mm -hmm. We're done. (laughs) It actually like just made me so happy to see everybody on the screen again, though. Mm -hmm. Like I was just like, oh, they're back and it's so cute and I'm, I'm so excited. Um, I liked the new intro with something about her. That was cute. You know, it was kind of crazy because there was only like seven people in the intro thing. Yeah. There were no, I was like, wow. And I know there's going to be like side people and stuff. But I'm like, dang, they're like, nope, this is the main cast and that's it. (laughs) I know. Like they usually have other people in the opening credits. I know. And Allie wasn't in it. Yeah. Um, Brock wasn't in it, which I don't know if he's been in it or not. Actually, I feel like he was before, but yeah, it was like none of those people were in it. I was like, whoa. Damn. <laughs> so uh, we kind of, our first shot is Ariana at the house, and she's like making a comment about making her own latte because that's been something that Tom has thrown out so many times that he would make her lattes every morning. So I thought that was kind of like cheesy that they included that. Um, And then all the talk about something about her. I think like for me, and I feel like you probably feel this way too, because we've kind of talked about it, but it's just weird to watch this because it's already so far in the past. Yeah. And, like, we know, like, they're talking about something at, about her, but now we're, we're at the end of January and something about her still isn't open. Right. So it's just kind it's of so- weird, like, the timing yeah. of everything and what's happening in present day. It's just very mm-hmm. apparent, I guess, right now. Right. Um, And then... Um, Tom and Rachel were still together at this point. They were sending like little packages and stuff back and forth and postcards and whatever. 
in the after show, um, Ariana and Tom both said that Tom bought, you know, those lamps that you might get if you're in a long distance relationship. Oh, it's yeah, like, or, yeah. I turn it on and yours turns on or whatever. Tom bought her one of those and sent it to her. How nice. <laughs> <laughs> like kind of juvenile. But whatever, um, that seems to be the way their relationship Oh, that's was. what I was going to say in his, um, in the thing he's like, in the podcast episode where he's like, oh, you know, yeah, I'm going to feel good if a 20-year-old, I'm like, hold on, 28, almost yeah. 30 years old. So. And then he was like, what was, he's like, and she has the, like, you know, whipped cream. Like, yeah, what was he talking like, about? What? It's that movie reference. What was that? Was that an American Pie? Or was it in a different movie? I can't it's really remember. One. It's like some stupid, like, to early 2000s. Oh. So like, American Pie-esque film. <laughs> and, like, this, you know, hot girl has, like, a whipped cream like bikini on basically and then the guy's like whoa and it's this stupid thing <laughs> it's just like really tom like so are you sure when you it's just that was another reminder of just like how shallow like you were in this allegedly committed relationship for almost 10 years and then you're seriously still like wanting that type of stuff like it's just like how many tropes do we need of the stereotypical male you know right but anyway i also was confused like did that really happen or are you just giving some stupid example like right. I, um anyway so back to the episode um then we get to james and Allie, and they're in their new house which is cute but it was funny how they kept playing the loud airplane noises i know i'm like i bet that house was nice and affordable <laughs> you know i was thinking that with like obviously where they all live is so expensive and you look at like james who lives in the flight path, which is like one of the, like it, around here, nobody would want to live in a house right. like that. And then you look at the outside shot of Brock and Sheena's place. It looks very average. It's nice inside, right. but it's just like, they're not in these like glamorous mega mansions. I know it they just, definitely have very modest homes. Yeah, which is crazy to say, but you know they they're million they dollar really do. homes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not even a home. Like Brock and Sheena are in an apartment. Right. But like, did they have a house? They have that. Where did I can't remember where they? It's over moved. by Lala's, isn't it? Yeah, I I never can remember where it is. But I even up until, but I know it's not. Before that, though, they um they were still in an apartment, like yeah, and like I guess it like you said, it's just it's expensive out there. Like these probably did 
costs like you know a million couple million or they're if they're rent, paying rent on it then it's expensive rent every month right. it's not like they're living in the slums um i don't know i thought like some of the intro stuff was just like a little it was just like catch-up stuff um and then we see brock and sheena at their house a cute moment with summer moon and then we are introduced to all of lala's family because they've all moved in with her basically what do you feel about that yeah with lala i did i just didn't read anything about it but just recently I saw where she like is gonna move forward with an IUI and the sperm donor thing. Yeah. I guess like okay, let's say she does end up finding a partner. She's going around saying that the baby's dad is gonna be her mom. And I just feel like that's I don't know. I think it's a bit much. I don't think it's that weird. Like if you're gonna have to have like a nanny thing anyway, it might as well be your parent. But I just, like, when she's saying, like, the new baby's dad is going to be her mom, I think that's a little unhealthy. Yeah, I do, too. And even just, I mean, Lala's only 33. It's not like I she's like giving up already. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Lala's not even that old. That no. is going to be this massive age difference. I guess it's, like almost for me who's like 30 and single it's like me selfishly i'm like geez like is that gonna have to be me in a couple years like i'm moving back home with my dad and having a freaking raising a donor (laughs) yeah like like is that what life becomes like i guess it's weird too like she's just not even giving herself a chance like your mom know, lives I, with you. you. How are you going to date somebody? Right. I know. I think that's, I know. I thought that was pretty intense. I don't know. I do. I feel like she is just like giving up on the possibility of anything so quickly. And I just think that it's like, I get you want to have another baby, but I don't know. Maybe it's just not the right time. Yeah. And as far as like her family being close to her, I mean, I I don't think there's anything wrong with that, especially if you don't have a ton of family and it's like, right. well, you know, move out here. But, but to literally be living in the same complex in the same apartment, like that's just right. to another level. And she are about the kid thing like she already makes comments about how raising um ocean is so challenging and like it seems kind of difficult on her mom too and her brother's helping so it's it's kind of selfish in my opinion to bring in another child when you're already do enlisting so much of your family help but like you're still doing it on your own, you know, like, and just like, even for the kid that is born via the sperm donor, like Mm -hmm. there's gonna, that's gonna end up being a really complicated mental situation too, in the long run. And then you've also got the drama with 
the other dad. And I feel yeah. like she's just not like thinking of it like that. Not that there's anything wrong with using a sperm donor and all that, but I do think she's just kind of like, well, this is what I want. Right. And I think you're right when you talk about the timing too, like, especially with the Randall stuff, it's like, right. That's not done or behind right. her. And, it, and I don't want to say that she's not like stable, like she is as far as money coming in and stuff like right. that. But it's just like, I don't know. I feel like she still is working through stuff and Mm -hmm. raising one kid by yourself is hard and like you do need to rely a lot on others around you and it just feels like she's really like leaning in hard and then just being like well I want another kid so I'm right. gonna just do it right and like the first time she had a kid she had like the night nurse and all that mm -hmm. stuff it's like that's probably not gonna happen this time and I know she, her mom's there and stuff but it's gonna be a lot different <laughs> situation yeah. I I guess too like I'm pro you know people doing whatever they want if they want to have a baby and they want to do like a sperm donor like right. good for you like when I think about it for myself it's like if I like I don't want to just like have a child that's right. mine and like some random person's. Right. And me, I guess not everybody feels that way, but like if it would just kind of, it would be so beautiful to have that kid, but also it would feel almost like a strange loss where it's like, I don't have like a partner that I love so much that Louis would decided we wanted to have a kid. Like, right. you know what I mean? Right, and to, like, have that love of wanting to start a family with somebody. I also yeah. do find it a bit of a kind of a privileged situation, Oh, too. for sure. And it's like, you can be like, yeah, I want a baby. When there's, like, other people that are, like, single and can't afford something like that or can't afford after the baby's born to be that single mm -hmm. parent and have to do, like, childcare and all that stuff, too. So it's like, no, no, it's just... I don't know. It is a complicated situation, but yeah, I do think it is really, you know, more of a, not, I guess not more of a beautiful thing, but it's a beautiful thing to have a kid with people and like start a family with somebody that you love and like have this loving relationship where you want to <laughs> share a family together. Yeah. And like so much too. I mean, with your own kids, you're like, Oh, like, he looks like his dad or right. he does this like his dad or he does this like me. And right. it's just like with a sperm donor. I mean, it's just like, I know. well, I didn't really see a picture. I just got right. the stats of this person on paper. Right. I don't know who they are. It's almost just like, I mean, I guess it's similar to adoption where right. you, you kind of don't know a lot about, you know, the background, but I don't know. It's just, I think it would be, for me, that would be a really difficult decision to make. Yes. And it just seems like Lala is so like gung ho with like, I don't need mm -hmm. a man. I can just have a kid. Right. I don't need anybody else. 
Right. But like, I just wonder, and I know she was burned the first time. Right. But it just makes you wonder, like, is she kind of pulling the trigger on this too soon? Right. That's what I feel like she is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but And that's the thing, too. Like, something could happen to her mom tomorrow, too. Yeah. I mean, heaven forbid, like, but. Right. Or even just anything, like a stroke or something where she's still yeah. now she needs all this full-time care and and you don't have that partner mm-hmm. no no I do I don't know and like I do think Lala could, and I think that's the thing too like I feel like Lala could find a good guy yeah I do too <laughs> I, like, I just think it's crazy that she I don't know it's like giving up and then if you do find that partner now you've got these two children with two complicated situations and that's mm-hmm. going to be a lot for somebody else to take on too. Yeah, it definitely will. And just, you know, the mom lives in her place and Easton's like in the same, you know, complex. It's like, and they're employees that's a whole, now. yeah. And, and they're on the payroll. So it's like, it's really complicated family dynamic to bring someone else into and it's it's almost like and you know we'll get back to the episode stuff but she's kind of bringing down some walls and like talking about her feelings and vulnerabilities in some ways but it's almost like she's like subconsciously creating these other barriers with this stuff with like her family dynamic right you know and Obviously, you know, she can make whatever choice she wants. And I think having family close is amazing. And if you want to have another kid on your own, that's amazing too. But it's just, I just feel like she's um, kind of in a vulnerable state to be making such such right. life-changing decisions. Right. So I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Won't be the that season, won't even but... be on this season it'll be right. like <laughs> but anyway to speak about like her her um her being more vulnerable I think it is kind of nice and we've said that like I think with her talking on her podcast in the past we're like seeing some type of emotion other than you know like hostility is kind right. of nice from Lala. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I, I was so back and forth on Lala. <laughs> but yeah, I know. I am too. Especially with, you know, we'll get to where she decides that she wants to reach out to Rachel. And it's just like she has the conversation with Lisa about it. And I get where she's coming from with like, I was in a similar situation, but it's, it's almost like she just, she's so flip floppy and it's people can change their minds about stuff, but she just goes 100% in on something and then turns the tables and goes 100% the other way. And we're just expected to like recover from the whiplash. Right. I know. Oh, and I like sometimes too, it's like she, 
only as sensitive to things about her. You know, like she's only now she that's what was so confusing. Like she didn't care that Rachel was being called a homewrecker until it was like, oh yeah, I just remembered that hurts to be called a homewrecker and I feel hurt by that. You know, like it just mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, because even later when they have the girls' night and she tells Ariana, like, hey, I sent her a voice message. It's like she didn't even think about how that could be really painful for Ariana and how she did the opposite when people were trying to, like, hang out with Randall, which it was kind of weird that they were doing that because obviously he is a horrible person. No, um, allegations, but. Yeah. but besides that, it was just like, you were pissed if anyone yeah. even like looked in the direction of your ex. I know. But and then now, like, yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of one of those things where she only cares if it's her, which mm -hmm. is how most people are, I guess. But for I her, it's a, extreme way it is extreme <laughs> but okay i just want to point something out so lala said you know we see that lala reached out to her didn't raquel say maybe i'm misremembering that nobody reached out to her from the cast i was confused by all that too especially like she's allegedly in a facility like i don't really understand the timeline fully right and then lala sends her this and she's like oh my gosh she she read it or she listened to it and it's like but we were told that she couldn't have her phone except for a certain right. time so you're telling me that at the exact time you sent the voice message right. she just so happened yeah. to have her phone like i don't know that all seemed really Staged, mm -hmm. produced. <laughs> they still weren't well because I was listening to Lala's podcast, or was I reading a comment? I did listen to that, but I feel like I was reading a comment on something. I don't remember. But they were kind of like, "Oh, maybe it was by him saying the Alex Baskin was like." Well, oh. in the beginning, we weren't sure if she was going to be on or not or whatever. So then it's like, oh, so was Lala, like, putting these feelers out, you know, and, and then nothing to help a potential storyline. Yeah. I do believe that she felt some sort of compassion for Rachel. Well, and well, I thought it was weird, her reasoning for having the compassion, where she's like, when I saw that last, whatever, five minutes. And Rachel was like, if I don't have Sandoval, then I don't have anybody. Mm -hmm. But it's like, Rachel, you're not going to have anybody because you betrayed everyone. In right. Public. So it's like, it wasn't just because everyone was just going to be mean to her. Yeah. And so for and Lala to then use that as like, that's why I felt bad because I know how these men are and blah, blah, blah. I'm like... Well, you had quite a different, I don't know, <laughs> just it was so extreme. Yeah, but that goes right back to what you said before, where it's just 
it's all about her, like however she's feeling. So in that right. moment, it's like she she felt a connection because she felt that same way with Randall, even though it's not mm. even the same situation. No, but she it's was like, almost like blinded by that. I yeah, I guess we could just talk about that part now where she like reached yeah. out to her. And I just, I guess overall, I just thought that was kind of wild. And I would have been really mad if I was Ariana, just because it was so fresh at that point. Like, yeah. but then I could kind of be like, maybe because Lala was so mean to her at the reunion, maybe be like, maybe I did come at you a little too hard. I'm sorry for that. Yeah, I could see that like, too. Right. Like that would be okay. But I just thought I was kind of blown away by that whole mm -hmm. thing, honestly. Yeah, it really, uh, if I would have thought anybody would reach out, honestly, I thought it would be Sheena. Right. Like it just, to have it be Lala, you're like, are you kidding me? Like, no, who's done nothing but since literally season four or five. Yes. Ripped on this girl. Yeah. Over and over and over. And like, I get like, you can be like, dang, I was mean, you know, but it was like, it just seemed bizarre. And honestly, if Rachel didn't respond to that, I could totally see why she wouldn't. Like, yeah, I mean, what's 100%? Right before any of this even happened, they were yeah. fighting all season because I just finished right before the new one, rewatching it all. And it was like just the whole season 10, even which you kind of like forget about because mm -hmm. of everything that ended up everything happening. Else. I mean, they were still going at it, still calling her dumb, still calling yep. her. Like, the only like moment that they had season 10 where they kind of like came together was right when Lala like apologized for you know saying that she was a homewrecker like Raquel was Rachel was a homewrecker because of the thing with Garcelle's son or whatever and she's like you're not that like I know right. what it feels like and you know the woman's gonna get the brunt of it like that was the only time the whole season that they had any nice moment. Right. I thought too, when um she told Ariana about it at the girls night and like Katie's reactions were so funny. Like the faces she was making, she was just like, are you freaking kidding me? But then her saying like, I get that your emotion why you have emotion behind this and how like maybe those emotions align but like the players in this are not the same right like, it's not the exact same situation you can't just right. say like i was that girl like you weren't totally though because no, you, you weren't, weren't friends with the wife you yeah. weren't <laughs> I mean, it, it is different you weren't co-workers with the wife yeah you weren't going over to the wife's house and hanging out with her, consoling you know, her, asking with questions. Him. Yeah. Right. And, and during a funeral, sleeping with him. Like, <laughs> sorry. Like it's, it, it's different. It is different. <laughs> and sure, and, like, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and Lala is also a victim of 
an a, or like Randall cheating on her as well. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know, she just kind of like got, I don't know, kind of disregarded that. Like, okay, but Ariana is also the victim, you know? Right. I don't know. It's just. And I, and you can, I think that you can support Ariana while still having some sort of compassion for Rachel because, you know, I think that she is naive in a lot of ways and that's not an excuse for her, but like, it's, I think just the reality of the situation and how she did get like wrapped up in, in this situation with Tom. But like at the same time, you then also have to recognize all the ways that she was manipulative So it's not just like she was completely bamboozled and she didn't know Ariana existed and Tom just fed her all this. Right. And it's like we saw the scenes where Rachel's like, well, shouldn't you guys be like attracted to each other and like one of you with each other? And she's like, no, I love Tom. I love it's like you're hearing all this. Yeah. And she even goes on. Like in the podcast, she was like, yeah, I was asking those questions to kind of get confirmation for myself while you were in the affair. Right. And then continued going on. Like it just was. I don't know. I just don't think she's like this insane victim. No, I think I think Lala really did just connect with that one emotion because that's what she's feeling right now and kind of disregarded everything else. I know. And I do believe that, or I'm assuming that now that we've heard from Rachel a little bit more and there's that no accountability or any remorse, Lala probably doesn't feel this way anymore. Yeah. And had she known that this is the way Rachel was going to talk about it, she probably wouldn't have reached out maybe. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> no, I you're right because I watched Watch What Happens Live last night too, and Lala was on. Uh, I didn't know she was going to be on. That was like a surprise to me. I thought someone would be, but um, and she did say that she's like, I'm glad that she didn't respond and that I didn't have a conversation with her because yeah, then I hear all these other things that. Like, it kind of made Lala look a little bit like a fool that she even reached right. out in the first place. Mm-hmm. Did she say anything else about reaching out to her? Or why um, she wanted? No, it was kind of just the same stuff. Was she like, she, yeah, she just, you know, felt like she had been in a similar situation. and But just because... Just because you were called the same names or whatever, like the situations weren't the same. Right. Like what I don't think that Lala was fully manipulative in her relationship with Randall, like as questionable as her, some of her decisions can be, I truly don't think that she would have brought him into her life as much as she did and chose to have a child with him if she thought everything was going to go the way that it ended up going. Right. Like, who would do that? Right. Anyway, 
Um, okay. So then we kind of go to, oh, Tom Schwartz and James having their like little, like lunch or dinner or whatever. I thought that was just kind of like fun and nice to see. Yeah. <laughs> like we, I feel like we don't really see a lot. We haven't seen a lot of those two on their own. So it was kind of fun to see them interacting and like enjoying each other's company. Mm-hmm. And we find out that James is fully um, not drinking alcohol, which to me is like crazy um, when now we know just like how much he's DJing and stuff. Like, I guess it's just that perception of like you're in a club and like the DJs are crazy, but like he's just purely pumped up on like espressos and energy drinks yeah (laughs) it's like wild i know he gets himself like all like jazzed up yeah it's it's this testosterone boost from like (laughs) everybody being there for him like he's i know all the like dopamine from that just like Mm -hmm. sends him into a high yeah yeah um, I liked how Tom Schwartz said, like, they were talking about the whole affair and how, like, Tom Sandoval was so adamant about the name of their bar being Schwartz and Sandy's. But, like, now, you know, if you have your name attached to something like that, like, you have to hold yourself to kind of a higher standard because mm-hmm. it, it's going to – your name is on this, so things you do will affect – the business Mm -hmm. and this like we've talked before with seeing Tom Schwartz on his Instagram and stuff like he really it seems like he really is it fully invested in this and trying so hard with the with the bar and he is proud of it and I don't know before this it just it even felt like Sandoval was just almost kind of taking it for granted it feels I know well I think well the difference between Tom and or Schwartz and Sandoval is that I feel like Schwartz actually cares about the other people that are involved and cares about well yeah they're all being affected if I do something wrong or if I'm not here where Sandoval does not give a crap about that so. Yeah, that is so true. So he's like, right? And he's like, I'm more invested in like making this work because all these people are relying on us and I don't want to let them down. <clears throat> yeah, that is a great point. You're right. Um, Ariana and Sheena go and get their little massages. And that's the first time we hear about Ariana's new boyfriend, Dan. It's nice to see her. Like, well, now this is like a plus of how we're so in the future on this and present day like we know that they're still together and doing well and everything but it it even was like at the time when they got together you're like whoa like you're moving on so fast I know and then for it to be like literally 11 days after was it 11 days or something yeah the reunion I was like dang I didn't even realize it was that quick Yeah, I didn't realize that she had met him when she went to that friend's wedding in Mexico. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. 
know it literally is, but cute. <laughs> I know. So I'm excited to see um, more about him coming up this season and see him on the show. That'll be cute. I know. I wonder how much I actually like be on it or be mentioned. Yeah. Cause I think, you know, for episode one, they're definitely like setting the scene and like talking about him maybe more than they usually would. And they have the FaceTime. So we'll see how much he's actually on. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't live in the area either. So it's not like he's going to be on all the time. So mm-hmm. um, I liked how Sheena was open talking about her being on medication. That was the Zoloft for OCD. I know she's talked about that on her podcast a lot. It's nice to hear her being vulnerable about mental health struggles mm-hmm. and the stigma. Yeah. <laughs> And then uh, they all go to TomTom because DJ James Kennedy is DJing. And it was kind of emotional for Ariana to come back because she hadn't been there since she discovered the affair was happening. And I thought that those flashbacks were really sad, not just for Tom and Ariana, but also with Tom and Katie. You know, I like know. when this place came to be, like they were all together and they were very supportive of, you know, their partners. And now they're supportive of each other and the partners are no longer in their lives in the same way. It was just kind of sad. They were going to have all these businesses out here owning yeah. all of them. <laughs> Not anymore. I know. And it just showed like how, I mean, that was a small snippet, but just how long and how much Tom and Ariana had gone through together. I know. They really did have a full life just to end it so brutally. (laughs) Yeah. And like with talking about just the, their relation, the end of their relationship and like how Tom was saying that like, Oh, Ariana belittled him or whatever. It's like in relationships, like you sometimes have like a rough year or there's strains on your relationship because of outside factors and you kind of have to come back to each other. So I don't think that it's like, if, if Ariana was kind of, snippy to Tom especially towards the end it it wouldn't even surprise me and I wouldn't fault her for that because he was getting Schwartz and Sandy's going there was a lot of change with that and stress with that and it's like I just feel like I don't know that's what makes you as a couple like make those hard decisions of like are we going to work through this or are we going to cop out and just like find somebody that fits our needs right now and that's what Tom did I know I I, that's I was thinking about that too I was like you know it's I like I believe he was feeling the way he was feeling 
but just handling it in the worst way possible was such a bad move. And it's like me and my partner have been together for nine years. So it's just like hard. It's like, there's not always those good years. Well, like good all the time and stuff. And it just would be crazy to like have, you know, one bad time and just like throw it all away. Yeah. And it's like insane. It made me think of another point that he kept saying in the podcast about he's like I was in in um therapy couples therapy for four months before she found out about the affair and I was gonna break up with her and all this stuff it's like I I cannot fathom that at all like I have never personally been part of couples therapy Mm -hmm. but it to me it's completely unbelievable that you would be in couples therapy for that long and you wouldn't be like either we're in this or you know we we need to separate like he had to have like not been fully honest in those sessions I know and I think like too I don't know if he had in the back of his head like oh, well, I've already got somebody like he didn't have the fear. Like I'm going to be alone if I Mm -hmm. am this. It's like he already had that person waiting in the background. And so I feel like he was, he didn't really care in the way that if he would have been actually trying to break up with her for real and not just because he found somebody else. Yeah. I just wonder if, I don't know. It just seemed like such an easy decision for him to be like, yeah, I was going to break up with her. I'm planning to break up with her because you already have somebody on the side. Yeah. It's like, well, what do I have to lose? I already have somebody else. Right. Yeah. But it's like, it it just seems interesting. Like, okay, let's say the couples therapy did work. Like, I don't know what he thought was going to happen. Was he ever going to come clean about like hooking up with Raquel before? Like, yeah. Or was was he just come out? Right. Or was he going to just like pretend that it was working just to like buy himself more time? Right. Like I, I guess I just, yeah, I I really wonder what that was. Years. I know, I, I, I know, I just really wonder what, and I do believe that he got, and this isn't giving him any sympathy, but I do think the situation ended up getting way over his head. Yeah, oh my God. But it's still, I don't know, it was just going to kind of like, was it just going to go on for years and years and years? And it yeah. Was like, never going to end. Like, yeah. And that's he, the part he, that just blows my mind. It was crazy how he was like, well, you know, I I didn't want to do it at this time because we still had to film the confessionals and then she'd have to go back. And while we were broken up and talk about the past season, it's like, no, like that's just you, you justifying it in your head. And it's just right. If you wanted to break up with somebody, then don't go to couples therapy to begin with. Right. Exactly. It just felt like he, all these little excuses he keeps saying are afterthoughts. Like there's no way he's thinking about that in the moment. Like he says it was. Like I know, 
a couple that they're like, you know, more my dad's age or the one was older, one's a little younger, but they were married whenever they've been together for a long time. And then, you know, kind of out of the blue, the one just says, yeah, like I'm not in this anymore. Like I, mm-hmm. I'm actually not happy. Like I, uh, I want to end our marriage. Mm-hmm. And the other partner says like, well, what do you mean? Like, I'm dumbfounded by this. This is coming right. out of nowhere. But like, what can we do? Can we go to couples therapy? Can we work through this? You know, whatever. And the other one was like, well, we can go, but I'm not changing my mind. Like, I've already made this decision. Mm-hmm. So I, it's just like, I feel like if you're going to go to couples therapy, you haven't already like you don't go into couples therapy already having it definitively in your head. Like I'm done here or I'm having an affair with somebody else. You go in because you're like, we're going through something challenging. I want to work through or what I think Tom did, which was totally like pull the wool over Ariana's eyes and just like buy himself time. Right. Like I'll just, go because she's asking me to mm-hmm. just do what happens yeah and it's like and then I know in the past he said and then we are going to couples therapy and it she was being better it was the best she'd been in a long yes. time yes you're but it right was like, yeah so maybe if you would have did the couples therapy first when you guys were starting to have this disconnect and he was starting mm-hmm. to feel bad instead because at that point you had already had the affair yeah. So it's like, it's just not, like, it was just so poopy. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot that he had said that about her, too. And, like, yeah, that's the but point I'm sure that'll of never couples, come up again. Right. But that's the point of couples therapy, where maybe, right. maybe the one person or both of you are doing things that you don't even realize are hurting the other. And you right. just need to like be in a safe space to talk about it or have an outside person bring it to your attention. And then you're like, right. oh my God, like I didn't realize I was doing that or I didn't realize it affected you in that way. And then she made changes to, you know, what she was doing. Better. Like that's the point. That's why you go. <laughs> you're like, you mean the couples therapy work? Yeah. What? <laughs> Um, so anyway, the Tom Tom thing was a lot of like filler. We have the Lala talks to Lisa about the Rachel thing. We already discussed that. Um, Sheena and Katie kind of have a talk and like makeup, which, you know, whatever. We'll see how long that lasts. I feel like we're in this like paradise right now where. You know, they're Everybody. having a Kairos after what happened. Yes. <laughs> if you know, you know. <laughs> Go back to our other episode. Yeah. Former Catholic school girls. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the only other thing, we already talked about the girls' night stuff, but the only other thing was Tom and Katie just kind of talking and when they do the exchange of their dogs and stuff and I think that it really is nice 
I know that Katie, for for good reason, is kind of keeping Tom at arm's length, and he doesn't need to know all the ins and outs of her life, and he has no right to judge anything. But, like, it is nice to see that they can, like, you know, have conversations with each other and, like, still kind of joke around a little bit because they're they worked together for so long and I feel mm-hmm. like there really is a friendship there as strange as it might be at times. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're so in like, obviously, nice. yeah. And they're in that unique situation where they have like the same friend group that is also their coworkers. Right. Yeah. And they're sharing custody of their dogs. So like they have to see each other. Right. But they're like an example, even though there were some some low points last season. I think they really are an example of, for the most part, like I think they have been pretty civil in their in their divorce, and mm-hmm. like it doesn't always have to be like a beat down, drag out thing. And yeah, they didn't have kids, but like they had a home, they shared a lot of other things together, and like they've just made the decision that like we're not good together anymore we need to move on and but they still can exist in the same universe kind of Mm -hmm. um yeah and then another thing I wanted to say from uh the after show so there were now that we we know that Schwartz like knew about the affair longer than we originally thought they played some of the comments that he had made like when he was talking to sandoval and they like got those sandwiches or bagels or whatever and he's like i don't know i just feel like like raquel has a crush on somebody else or when they were on that camping trip and he said like well raquel has a type and it's taken men it's like what were you doing? Like, that's see, almost that's sick. Why, I know. that. See, that's why if somebody was going to do it, I wish it would have been Nick Vial because I have a lot of questions about that. Like, yeah, kissing, when you know they're hooking up, the pretending, like, so you, so Sandoval was going to hook up with her and then you were going to date her. And then yeah. just, like, all that, knowing the whole time, making those types of jokes kissing her after Katie not that Katie necessarily fully had the right to say yeah hook up with people but she did and just all that hurt that you <laughs> that you caused Katie mm-hmm. for this person was just like what was that like I just wish we could get some He's kind so- of answer He's so strangely connected to Tom Sandoval. Yeah. Like, there are some real ties that bind there. And, like, I don't know if we, even as much as we've seen of their relationship through all these years, it's like there still feels like there's more there that we, like, we don't know. Like, what has bonded them so deeply that know, he like would act that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, there's got to be because, and even when like on Nick's podcast, when Natalie was like, have you guys ever had like a threesome or something? And it, I like feel like 
I thought that was kind of a rude thing to say, but I mean, we're all thinking it. Like something, like <laughs> there's know. a level of closeness. It was like her intrusive thought one. Like she was yeah. up there thinking that. <laughs> it was like she, I mean, there's just something just so intense there. That just feels like, I don't know if Sandoval has something on Tom. Like yeah, like I can't understand it. That is like a next level thing. But yeah, I wish he would give us a little insight into that situation. Like I just Yeah, I know. So and in the way he he so then, you know, at the end of season ten in the finale, he knows Rachel hooked up with Tom. Yeah. But is still over there telling Katie. No, no, she's trying to apologize, Rachel. Right. Be nice to her. Be nice. Like, it was literally like, what is this? Like, it was It's almost like, and I know that he had a lot of other stuff going on in his personal life when all this was happening, too. So I feel like he was, like, more scattered than he typically is. But it was almost like he literally was living two lives, too. Yeah. Like, you know, you can say Tom Sandoval's living a double life with his affair. But, like, Schwartz was basically in it as well. And, like, right. he's, he's like, saying the things that this group wants to hear. And then also saying the things that this group wants to hear while pretending he doesn't know this group even exists. Yeah. Like, it was very strange. It was. And like I said, I wish we could just get some kind of clarity on that. Like, I'll never understand that situation. But yeah, like, just why? Like, what? And then even him, him saying, like, you know, oh, these little comments I made were like my weird way of trying to like call out the behavior or. Or like, oh, behind closed doors, I did call Sandoval out for this and said he he needs to come clean. But it's like, none of that really matters because you were still making all these other choices that like go against that you even did those things. Right. Like the whole, it was, it's so bizarre. Yeah. Like, I just... I don't know. It was just so bizarre. Like I, I'm like just dumbfounded by all that. I know. Like I really, when I was listening to the podcast too, I like I almost wished when it was just the beginning part. I'm like, actually, you know what? Like an interview with Josh Schwartz would be kind of nice. You know, like I felt like he would get more if it was just him, like Nick. And I think it needs. And I definitely think it shouldn't be somebody like Nick who's kind of like coming at him. But at the mm-hmm. same time, Schwartz never addresses stuff that he's done wrong or like stuff like that. Like, and he even was like shutting it down too with Nick, which I could totally see why he was because Nick was kind of coming at him. Yeah. And he's I don't want to bring that stuff up. I don't want to bring that stuff up. But I mean, there has been stuff where I would like to hear his perspective on why he did some of the things he did. 
Well, and I can respect work that he does or, you know, conversations that he has with other people that are in his private life. Like, I get that, right? And I wouldn't really want to be rehashing things all the time either. But when you are in the public eye in the capacity that he's in and something big like this happens and now we're about to watch the aftermath on our television screens and you're here in this chair right now for an interview it's like you know Nick Vial does have the right to ask those types of questions and we as viewers kind of do have the right to wonder like what his thought process was even if he's already gone through it and processed it whatever it's like but we still have questions and you've put yourself in a situation where it's almost like your job to let us in on that. Right. Like a little something. And I like yeah. a lot of people have rewatched the seasons completely. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I get that that was, you know, 10 years ago for you or five years ago for you, but it's still continuous like patterns. Yeah. And I do. Like you said, I do think we're allowed to ask why you're doing that. Yeah, and I mean, I guess he's allowed to to not want to answer, yeah. but but then like, it just, I think that's why it's like so many people, I guess I'm speaking for myself specifically, where like I have such a, like a weird feeling about Schwartz, where it's like, I am, like I watch him on the, this season and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm so overcome, like he's so charismatic, he's so charming, he's so cute he does these weird things it's funny but then I remember all those other things and I'm like but I actually never got any clarity on like why you did these things and how how you made yourself better right so it's weird like that's why I feel this weird like push and pull with him Mm mm-hmm did you have any other thoughts on the episode? Oh, bless you. Um, no. No, it wasn't. I mean, there wasn't really much going on, really. No, I mean, we definitely, like, talked about that for a long time. But we went into, like, other things that are happening right. now. But, like, I personally liked it as episode one. Like, it was just kind of a refresher. Where are we? What's everybody doing? Right. It was a, it was a feel good first episode. Mm -hmm. I did want to pose this question to you. So last night on Watch What Happens Live, you know, they always do the polls. Yeah. (laughs) And one of the questions was, who would you want in your corner of the four girls? Ariana, Katie, Lala, or Sheena? Uh, Who would you want? Is it a fight or like yeah like they're just my friend no like I think to have your back Hmm. honestly if I wanted them I don't know they kind of would all like I feel like Sheena actually probably not Sheena because she's really (laughs) wishy-washy oh man
I want to know if we're going to give the same answer. I know. Like, I kind of want to say Lala because she's scary and she could beat people up. But I kind of, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with Katie. That's what I said, too. (laughs) I know. I'm like, I think, like, now in rewatching and now I'm like, I don't know. I feel like Katie's really grown on me. because, And I think that's why I have the... Not to keep going on about Schwartz. I think that's why I'm struggling with Schwartz so much now is because the way, as a viewer, I feel like I was gaslit to think yeah, like really dislike Katie. I mean, kind of like all the girls and like, oh, Katie is miserable. Katie's this and stuff. And then like rewatching it after it's Scandal and like, I'm like, no, she wasn't. <laughs> She was not, not that it was like good guy versus bad guy, but it did feel like that. And I do feel like Katie has, I don't know, been the realist out of everybody. That's what I felt too. Like there's definitely things that have annoyed me about Katie too, like things that she does or whatever. But I think that Katie is very like consistent in. Yes you know, her feelings and like, she's, she's going to tell you how it is or how she's feeling or whatever, whether it's something you want to hear or not. And like with, I feel like she really is the most loyal and almost like, I mean, when it comes to like her marriage with Tom, it was like loyal to a fault or like, you know, it was so clear to us as viewers and you're right. It was kind of painted that like, Oh, Katie's Katie's the wet blanket here. And Schwartz right. is just the fun, happy go lucky guy. But like, it was clear to us that they weren't like a good couple anymore. And she still was like, I'm married. Like this is, I'm going to work through stuff. Like we do have this love for each other until finally she was like, no, like enough is enough. Like I, I'm, I respect myself more than to go through this relationship when like, it's, it's not serving me anymore the way it should be. But with Lala, the audience voted 59% Lala. I I think like initially that's like the first thing you're gonna say because she's scary you know yeah but then I think if you're really thinking about it like who do I want to be my friend or who do I want to be there for me it's probably gonna be Katie <laughs> it's Katie and even with Lala like I thought in this scenario that we just went over with this episode it's like look how she did a complete 180 with the yeah, Rachel thing it's <laughs> yeah it's like how you know, how do you know as if, if you were her friend that she's going to go all in and like rip somebody's head off and then, mm-hmm. you know, a month later be like, well, I had lunch with so-and-so. And then you'd be like, yeah. oh. wait a minute. I <laughs> thought we hated me? them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Yeah. She, Yeah. I'm going to go with Katie. I do want to say one last thing about Katie. I do like that we got to see, because how many people do we know that are in like these ho-hum relationships (laughs) that they just stay in because it's kind of like easier or it's not as scary. 
to, or it's like just easy to stay. It's scary to start over. It's scary to like lose everything you built up. But the mm-hmm. fact that she like actually ended it. Yeah. It's just really kind of abnormal. <laughs> yeah. Like it's empowering. And you even see cool too to how see. she's, she's come so much more into her own. I know. And I just, I really respect that. Well, I really respect that. And I think it's really cool to even see on TV because I think so many times we see like women in relation, in situations where it's like, oh, there was an affair. And it's just really always so tragic for Mm -hmm. the woman after these relationships end and marriages end. But she's kind of, even though we've seen her be like vulnerable about it, yeah. About it, we still see it as an empowering situation too. Yeah, and it's really no, cool to see. I think I I like Katie in this in this past season than I more than I ever liked her before. Like she just, mm-hmm. I just think that she outgrew that relationship and realized that like is this going to be the rest of my life? You know, like, no, I don't want it to be. And she, she made the change. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You've got to respect it. I know. Cool to see really. I know. Um, I don't know. I mean, if we want to like talk about Beverly Hills stuff, the only thing that was really of note was how annoying and Anne Marie, Anna Marie, I'm not sure. We we just keep going back. Everybody says something different. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But that's that to me with this episode was the whole thing. Like I don't I mean, I don't know. It just why is she coming at Crystal? Everyone's exasperated by her bringing this up when it's supposed to be this fun trip. It didn't make any sense. I know. And it's like, do I believe Crystal said something along those lines? Maybe, but it's it's like, why are we bringing it up? Yeah. It's like Anna, Annie Marie, Anna Marie, (laughs) Anne Marie. She doesn't even like any of the women anyway. I know. Like make her own decision about what she thinks about them anyway. She also is literally making the case stronger and stronger every episode for her to not be back for another season. It's kind of wild. Yeah. Well, and then it's like, because people have just come out so much within the past, like feels like two years about reality TV and like the producers and all that. It's it makes me feel like a lot of it is just the producers telling her these things to say, but that doesn't, that's not going to make me like her. And I think at a certain point I'm tired of like that excuse too. I was thinking that same thing. I know. It's like, I know it's like, I just have a hard time believing that this and Marie is that upset about Sutton's esophagus and the fact that they've had so many bad conversations. Why is she even on this trip? Like that just mm-hmm. doesn't even make sense. I don't know. And it's like, I don't know. It's just a weird choice. I listened like- to um, uh, Juicy Scoop and 
uh, Hannah Burner was on. Which oh, yeah, I have a lot of. I have a lot of other thoughts on that. I want to discuss with you separately. Um, but <laughs> you know, when she was kind of talking about that type of stuff with like the producers on the shows and whatever, it's like, I guess in this day and age, I also find it a little hard to believe that people that are coming into reality shows are going to be so uh, easy to be manipulated or so willing to just go along with these storylines or fights or conflicts or whatever that a producer puts in their ear. It's like you still have free will and you still, I mean, I'm sure Anne-Marie has watched other housewives or other reality shows like in 2024 or when that was filmed 2023 like we're not so stupid to to not realize that like some of this stuff is produced and set up a little bit so when you're put in when you come into reality show like you know that that's probably going to happen and like for her to be a medical professional and to take such a huge and hard stance about this esophagus thing when it is a real condition is like right. baffling and to not she like triple downed on it it's like right. that to me is crazy that you're gonna say a producer got you that worked up about it that you right. kept going for a three or four se- uh, episode arc right and then a producer got in your ear and was like, hey, the Sutton thing's a little worn out. Why don't you go for Crystal? Like, right. that's literally what it felt like at the table, though, where she was like, hmm, eeny, meeny, miny, mo, Crystal. I'm going to say all these horrible things that you said about these women. Right. Like, it was right. so, like, I don't know. I know. It's just really, it's just off-putting and, like, Silly. And it's like it, and it does make it feel scripted. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't feel like naturally she's mad about it. Yeah. Like I listened to, uh, I can't remember what, what podcast it was on, but Craig Conover from Southern Charm was talking about it. It might've been on that Jason Tardix podcast, but I can't remember. Anyway. And he had said like, as far as the producer stuff. And he's like, no, I mean, when we get together, like we can pretty much talk about whatever we want, but we also are cognizant of what is going on within the group and what is going to be the highlight of the season or conflicts within the season. So yeah, we could get together and talk about baseball or, you know, whatever, but it would make more sense for us to cut to the chase and just start talking about the issue at hand. And like, I think that that's a little bit more of an organic way versus where with Anne-Marie, it's so clear of like, I want a storyline. Like I'm going to cause issues with people. Like these fights aren't organic. No one else is jumping in. No. (laughs) And I think like to just, some people are made for reality TV and are good at balancing the production part of it and the real life part of it. 
And I think the people who get like kind of burned by reality TV are always the ones who are like coming out and blaming producers and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Where it's like, maybe you just weren't, I mean, not to say like reality TV is a skill, but it kind of, yeah, is. I like mean, you it- have to be able to be good at balancing the two. And I think the Vanderpump people are really good. But even with Rachel, when she's coming out, she's like, no producers, no producers, mm-hmm. no producers. It's like, well, you know, you could have said something too. And I think she just, I mean, she's just one example, but it's like, yeah, no, you have to be willing to be all of it. Yeah. Like I think what makes the best reality TV stars are the ones that can find that balance and bring in their real life and be genuine but also recognize, hey, we're making a show here and I need to be able to play into certain storylines, not even play into it. It's just like move along certain storylines because we have to have a season. Right. Like those are the people that are, they're just very aware of what's going on. And yeah, you're right. Like Rachel just wasn't cut out for it clearly. And it doesn't really seem like Anne-Marie either. Like, just because somebody can be so dramatic and have feuds with everybody, that doesn't make them good television. No. Gotta so, give a, gotta be able to give more. <laughs> yeah. I know that was like that was the main thing. Um and then Crystal has a weird health issue at the end. Yeah. It's relatable because I get car sickness too. <laughs> I thought it was weird that they're like her veins like does that have anything to do with car sickness is she dehydrated well and then i'm like sometimes when you get car sickness you do get really like hot mm-hmm. that why maybe cause the swelling but i just I don't it was know, weird. weird yeah it's like yeah you probably got hot and you were getting yourself worked up like i on that too i don't remember noticing a vein situation <laughs> they like <laughs> on her hands <laughs> like i mean my veins pop out a little bit but i don't know what i know like sometimes they are all out. yeah <laughs> so we'll see what that happens with that um two kind of like timely things before we wrap up the pod um i listen to not skinny not fat today with uh teresa caputo the long island medium i just want to say like i don't know why this woman makes me so emotional but like when she talks about like how she does readings for people or just how she like impacts people's lives like i am just so overcome like i just it's like Mm -hmm. so I just think that like being able to communicate with the other side is just something that like I wish that I like kind of had that skill in a way and like I've never really had like a supernatural thing like that happen to me and I just think it's like to hear her just talk about it and then like she She's like, oh, I feel like four spirits in this room right now. And then she was kind of talking. And I don't know if she was like one of the producers or just a friend of Amanda's. But it was about like 
her friend and her grandparents. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that wasn't planned. It's just like, and they, she was giving me signs and then she's like, Oh, did you guys like release like balloons or lanterns for your friend after she passed? And she's like, yeah, we did. And she's like, did you guys happen to take pictures of that? And she's like, yeah, we did. We, I have photos. And she's like, oh, well, your friend is telling me that I'm in the picture. She's like, so look for like some type of blur or an orb. And that's her. And then Amanda Hirsch posted or like reposted what the friend posted of that picture. And sure enough, there's like these little orbs. And it was like a sign. And I guess people could be like, oh, that just happened. But I just like think that's so beautiful. And it was a Mm -hmm. good lesson. Yeah, I never watched her show back when she I didn't either. Mm -hmm. Do you believe? (laughs) I don't know. I don't, I personally wouldn't want to have that skill because it would be really intense. Yeah. (laughs) Like scare me probably. But I guess you'd probably understand how to like decipher things. I I wouldn't want it to like do readings and and that type of stuff for other people. Mm -hmm. It would just be cool to be able to like be able to like recognize signs or be able to kind of communicate with your own loved ones. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that would be cool. Yeah. But it would be freaky. Like she said, she realized she had this when she was like four. Yeah, I know. I hear like different stories like that. And I'm like, oh no, I think that's too scary. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and the other thing I wanted to touch on quickly, I saw that Brittany Mahomes was getting some heat in the news today. Did you see that about the how she was apparently rude to some staff at the game this past weekend? Oh no. Well, I don't know. I just saw the video on the Daily Mail. I don't know if like something else happened. But literally the video that they were saying she was being rude was like her and uh, Patrick were coming out from the field or whatever. And, you know, in the back alleyways of stadiums, you don't really know where you're going or what whatnot. And she turned to one of the workers and she was just like, well, where do we go from here? And like did a hand gesture and like her face was not even like sassy or rude it was literally just Mm -hmm. like hey where do we go from here and people are saying that she's so entitled and like she needs to check herself and I'm just like why why does everybody hate Brittany Mahomes I know I I mean I'm not I don't love her but but it's like and even I've heard that people don't like her yeah you know it's like well, and it's just frustrating with like these celebrity things where people come out and say this person was rude. Like, do I believe some of them probably were rude? Yes. But it's like, sure. what's the point of coming out with like this? You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like, 
Yeah, unless she was literally, like, hurting you personally, I don't really think you need to, like, say something like that. I know. I was just, like, okay. Like, I don't, I don't get why we just hate her so much. And, and, it, and like, her- um, anybody who deals with people in the public, that is, like, nothing compared to some of the way these people that aren't even celebrities act. Right. I know. And I just felt like, like, yeah, I just felt, I mean, you'll have to see if you look on the daily mail or just like, you know, look it up. I'm sure the video is all over, but it, to me, it looked like such an innocent thing. Like she was talking with her hands and she was wondering where do we, where do you want us? Where do I need to go? You know, what happens next? And also, you know, obviously the Chiefs are getting like tons of attention because of Taylor, but it's almost kind of unfair too. Yeah. And it's almost kind of unfair because there already was this distaste for Britney. And now we're almost like comparing Britney to Taylor, who can basically do no wrong in the eyes of the world. And it's like really like you're just setting her up for failure like the poor woman is just trying to live i know and i do i had heard that those two been together for like so long it's not like she's just some clout chaser and like a, i don't know it's just like whatever people nobody yeah, can just like- be happy for anyone they're just waiting to tear people down. I wouldn't even. I, they should just go back to wearing masks. <laughs> I know. Just like so you don't know. Nobody yes. knows who you are. No one can hear your voice. Have a voice changer. Have wigs. You're just not gonna win. No, you're not. I know. I just not that I like love Brittany Mahomes so much and stan her or anything like that. But I'm like, okay, this is just unfair like come on people yeah um well do you have anything before we wrap it up no not this week (laughs) i know you're you're struggling through it but i'm glad that we could talk about vanderpump and now you can just go and have a nice little rest <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, yeah. all right well thank you so much for listening i think our um recommendation will probably just be like to hop on the vanderpump train because we just spent most of think. this yeah we want to know um, like and... oh. yeah and um, if you've been listening for all 50 episodes, thank you so much. And if you're a new listener, I hope that you're here for our next 50 and that you tell a friend so that they can they can listen to us too. Yeah. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.